God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in this place. And God, I just thank you for all these children that were dedicated today. Thank you for the people that are in this building online. And God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts today. You would help us navigate through life, that you'd bring clarity to us. And ultimately, God, that you would do in our lives what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. You know, last week, if you were here, uh, Pastor Jason from Salinas was with us, and uh, service got a little interrupted, and um, he, he didn't get to his message, so I know Pastor Andy made mention to him coming back today, uh, but he'll actually be with us next Sunday. Uh, we really found it fit today just to uh, kind of have a little bit more of a family family talk. We're a family, right? We, 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 we just have a family talk, and, and it's been like a really, really unique week. And, um, and I think it's important that we take time sometimes just to pause and just, just to have a conversation. And uh, today, I don't have a message in any way, but I just want to talk to you the way that I talk with my family. You know, this past week, there's some things that took place in our world that were just devastating. And uh, it affects everybody so different. You know, for some of us, it could trigger thoughts of, of different things or remind us of other situations. Sometimes life can be a little unpredictable. And, you know, I remember driving with my daughter in the car this last week and calling my wife, asking her if she heard about some of the things that took place in the state of Texas. And, and I just broke down in the car. You know, I'm a dad. I'm a human. I'm trying to raise three kids. Uh, you're, you're just a normal person and, and you're trying to maneuver through life and sometimes things happen. And when crazy things happen or pressure presents itself or there's fear, questions start to arise in your mind. Like, could that happen to me? Am I just as susceptible to that? Um, what if, what if this, what if that? What, what do you do? Where do you run to? Where, where do you go from here? And I know for me, those were some of the questions I was asking myself. Andrew, where, where do you go from here? You know, when I was a kid, I used to play outside a lot. We didn't have technology like kids do today. And so we would entertain ourselves with like silly games like Duck, Duck, Goose and Red Light, Green Light. And, uh, but my favorite game was, was hide and seek. I was a big kid, so I was always an easy person to find. I didn't fit behind most things, but I loved hide and seek. And there was two things, that, there was two things about this game that I understood. Num number one, nobody ever wanted to be the seeker. Number two, everybody wanted to be the hider. That's why you pick like the weakest link to go count to like 100. Like, little brother, you go count to 100. We're going to go and we're going to hide. They'd go start to count. One, two three, and everyone would begin to run to their favorite hiding places. Think about it. You had your favorite hiding place. Now, for some of you, you were like really creative. Like you'd, you'd hide like in the oven, you know, some of you, the dishwasher, some of you, some of you were like so good at this game. You could be standing out in the open and still be hiding. Like that was your, it was just, some of you were horrible at this game. Like he's count to 199 and you're still running in circles. Don't know where you're going to. Some of you, that was you. That was you. Uh, but we all had a place that we would run to to go and hide. And typically the reason why we would run to those places is because we believe that that was the best place to protect me from the seeker. 
I run to this place because I believe it's going to give me the best chance at succeeding. I run to that place because I believe it's going to give me the best chance at outlasting everybody else. We all ran to a specific place to hide because we believe that was the best place to hide. You know, when life throws problems and pressure presents itself, we all run to something. We all run to something. And typically, we're going to run to the place that we believe best protects us. We're going to run to the place that we believe promises the most assurance. We're going to run to the thing that we believe is going to enable us to outlast every storm. Your place of refuge. You know, for some of you, that place, that security, that assurance may be in your job. It may be in a relationship. Like, as long as I have them, I'm going to be okay. It may be in your money. Like, as long as there's enough in the bank account, it doesn't matter what life throws at us, we're going to be okay. You know, for me, my refuge was always me. I was my refuge. I would try to take control over situations to make me feel at rest. You know, I'm a pastor and I know my faith answer should be, man, God is my refuge, and, and he is. But if I'm honest, my actions were not portraying that. You know, there are things even in my life that I was going through the past couple of years with my kids, trying to protect my kids from things, trying to keep my kids, my kids sanitized, trying to make sure that like my one kid that doctors say has a lung problem, stay away from her, go hide in your room. I became her refuge. And one day God spoke to me because I felt like I was losing my mind trying to keep everything in control. All my hiding places just didn't seem to be as good as I thought that they were. And God spoke to my heart not in an audible voice, but just a still small voice. And he said this, Andrew, you make a lousy refuge. You make a lousy refuge. And I learned something, that anything outside of God makes a lousy refuge. So the thing that you're tempted to run to, I know it looks promising. But if it's not God, it makes a lousy refuge. Like I know it stood its ground for years on end, but if it's not God, one day that refuge will meet its match and it won't stand. God was reminding me, Andrew, the only refuge that could outlast anything, that can outstand any storm is me. So I knew I had to get some understanding on God's ability to be my refuge. Because I was losing my mind trying to be the refuge. I was stressed out trying to be the refuge. I was just looking for some peace. Has anybody just wished, man, I just, just want rest. I just want to feel at rest. So I went to a verse in the Bible, a specific chapter actually. In Psalms 91, because Psalms 91 talks about God's ability to be a refuge in time of trouble. I wish to tell you that days are going to be prettier down the road. I don't know. 
But what I do know is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what life throws, God never changes. He can, he, he can be a refuge that you can count on. So I went to Psalms 91. Y'all read it, I'm sure. And I just want to read the first seven verses. And I want to bring you into my world as I'm in my kid's room stressing out over my kids getting sick, stressing out of disaster taking place to them. I go to Psalms 91, and I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to give you a try, Mr. Refuge. Verse 1 says this, those who live in the shelter, it sounds like a really good hiding spot, those who live in the shelter, not of your job, but of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Rest is what I was looking for. God desires you to have rest today, not when things are picture perfect today. He says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. And I love verse 3 because you start learning about His ability in being a refuge. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. I love that. He'll rescue you from every trap. A trap is a trap for a reason. You don't see it coming. There's things in your life that you don't see coming that God has an ability to rescue from. There's a plan that the enemy has in your future a year from now. God has the ability to rescue you from that trap. There's an accident that you were supposed to collide into. God has the ability to rescue you from that trap. He's an awesome refuge. He'll rescue you from every trap and he'll protect you from deadly disease. He'll protect you from deadly disease. That, that's awesome. Because I can't do that. Your job can't do that. Your money can't do that. But God can do that. It says this in verse 4, He'll cover you with His feathers. He'll shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Verse 5, Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Verse 7, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. God makes an incredible refuge. So I read that, and I'm still crying. I said, God, that, that's awesome, but I'm still stressing. He said, read it again. I said, okay. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find her. I read the whole thing. God, I understand that you can do that, but like how? I'm still panicking. I'm not at rest. Andrew, read it again. I do this like seven or eight times. And like on the eighth time, I go back and something changed. In verse 1, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 it says this, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge. God said, stop. He said, the reason why you don't find rest is because I alone am not your refuge. You have multiple refuges. Like I know God is your refuge, but he doesn't stand in that category all by yourself. You have a plan B in your back pocket. God says, if you 
want to find true rest, you got to kick every other plan B out the door and make it final that I am your only refuge. He said, Andrew, if I'm your refuge alone, everything that you read in verse 3 on belongs to you. There's nothing wrong with using wisdom. I didn't throw my sanitizers away. I just didn't put my trust in that sanitizer. I didn't go walking around coughing on people. I just didn't put my trust in a mask. I know that stings, but if it's your refuge, you don't get verse 3 through the rest of that scripture. I'm not saying don't use wisdom. Use wisdom, please. I'm the first one to tell you God gave you a brain to use it. But if you think you're protected just because you're hiding in the four walls of your house, you're tripping. It makes a lousy refuge. You know, as, as pastors, it's not our job to give you our perspective, our views. Honestly, I think more like you think. But it's my responsibility to God to tell you what he says in his scripture. And he wants you to know that every refuge you have lined up makes a lousy refuge. And you'll never find rest, you'll never find peace until you embrace that he is your refuge alone. That he is your place of safety. Why can your kids go to school and be okay? Not because they're going to have a bunch of people out there at front. No, because kids, God is your refuge. Thoughts crossed my mind too. I was walking through Costco having crazy thoughts. And I looked at my kids, and I want to keep them close, but I moved that temptation. I said, Kova, who's your protector? God. Kova, who's your refuge? God. Not, not dad. Now, dad's going to do his part. Don't get me wrong. Don't mess with my kids. But I am not their refuge. God is their refuge. And when you can establish that, when every refuge starts looking good and saying, I'm not, it's not, not that you're bad, Mr. Refuge, but God is my refuge. When you can do that, you'll step into something called rest. You'll experience rest. You won't be tripping when you start hearing crazy things. Rest. Because for the person, for the family that makes God their refuge alone, he's going to keep you safe. Now, it did say that a 1,000 would fall to your side, 10,000 around you. That means that you're probably going to see some crazy things happening around you. Don't be alarmed. It doesn't have to be for you and your family. Why is rest huge? Because if you're not at a place of rest, you start missing out on things that God wants you to be participating in. Last week, Pastor Randy, he shared this, that we are in a summer shift that things are going to shift for the better. He calls me all the time. We're on the phone. I'm serious. Like, Pastor, he, we're on the phone like two hours, not a day, every conversation. That could be three or four conversations in a day. And he called me and said, God was just speaking to me about the summer shift. He said this, for the church to see a summer shift, they're going to have to shift. God's going to ask them to, to shift. God's going to ask them to make an adjustment. God's going to ask them to make a move. And that move is going to lead to the shift that they've been praying for. Why is rest important? Because if you're not at rest, you're going to miss out on the move you're called to make in this season. You're going to be too worried about what you're watching on the news that you're not going to be locked in, loaded. God, what is the move you need me to make? 
Why is rest huge? Because God is on the brink of doing something incredible in your life, and he needs you to be sober-minded. He needs you to be in the moment. He needs you to be the man and woman that he's called you to be, to stand bold. He needs you to be at a place of rest because there's something he's getting ready to do in this church. There's something he's getting ready to do in this moment. And the greatest tactic of the enemy right now before God does something is to get you out of rest, to distract you. So my word to you today is this. Don't miss out on the summer shift by being distracted. Find rest. How? God, you alone are my refuge. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I just want to pray over you guys today before we wrap things up. You know, I believe in this moment, God is going to just shine a light bulb on things that, that have been our refuge. They've been our refuge. And again, there's nothing wrong with those things. Continue to do those things. Continue to invest in those things, but just don't make it your refuge. Use your brain. But when push comes to shove, my trust for my family my trust for my kids is in their God. I told you today's just a family talk. I don't have some message for you, but this is the conversations that we have in my house. When we start feeling a threat, we have to realign everybody. We have to remind ourselves that God is for me. And I, I, I feel led in the way that I want to wrap this up, I feel led to read Psalms 91, the whole chapter. It's not very long, but as I read this to you, I want, it, I want it to sink deep into your heart because these words are here for a purpose and these words have power. And every one of these promises belongs to you and your household if you can make him your refuge alone. And, and I just want you to know what you're going home with today. I want you to be aware of what belongs to you today because I believe today as a church, we're making him our refuge. And there's some beautiful things that belong to you in your house. And I just want you to know about these things as we wrap up. Tavo, you guys can sing the blessing uh, even, even after this here. But it says this in Psalms 91. I'm going to read out of the New Living. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, none of these things will touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. That means when you go to Costco, that means when your kids go to school, he will order his angels to protect them wherever they go. 
How does this happen when he's my refuge alone? They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Lord knows I need that because I would be rolling my ankle all the time. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, this is God saying, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And this is verse 16, one of my favorite verses that belongs to you when you make God your refuge. I will reward them with a long life. Say a long life. Say a long life. No premature deaths, no more. With long life, I will reward them and I'll give them my salvation. That is the promise that belongs to you, celebration. I will say of the Lord, some of you are gonna have to start saying some stuff. You know what I, what I do now when I start panicking? Lord, you're my refuge alone, my God in whom I trust. Fear comes in, God, you're my refuge alone, my God in whom I trust. Begin to say this and watch it shift. Watch the shift begin to take place in your life. God, I just pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray for those that are online. And we come against and we resist the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. We declare that we operate in the spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind. Today, we declare we are bold. We're not bold because we're good, God. We're bold because you're good. We declare today that your promises are our protection. Today, we walk in great peace because you cannot fail. We we walk in great peace because you can outlast any storm. We walk in great peace because you alone are our refuge. We just speak peace over our minds. God, I pray that nobody misses their moment. God, the things that you're looking to do this summer, I pray that no one misses their moment because they're distracted. That as this shift begins to take place, that we would embark on a journey that we've only dreamed of. We speak peace into this environment. We speak peace into this environment. Some of us are waiting for circumstances to line up. Jesus looked at a group of people. He said this, in the world, you're going to have trouble. In other words, your circumstances may not look like they're lining up. But he says this, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. He didn't say be of good cheer once it all pans out and, and you can start figuring out how you're going to get out of that mess. He says be of good cheer right now because I have overcome everything that's trying to overcome you. Peace is possible today. Peace is possible right now. Peace is possible in the dark. Peace is possible. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads right where you're at. If you're in this place today and you don't have a real relationship with God, you are missing out. You need God more than anything. You may be saying, how can I connect to God? I'm flawed. I make mistakes. You see, God knew that. He knew you were flawed. He knew you would make mistakes. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who was perfect to this earth 
to come and take the penalty that belonged to you for all your mistakes you'd ever made, past, present, and future. Jesus took every one of those mistakes onto himself. And when he went on that cross, he took it with him. And when he went in that grave, he took it with him. But the good news is Jesus did not stay in that grave. He came back to life again. And when he came back to life again, it gave you permission to come back to life again. You don't know what life is until you know God. You haven't really experienced life until you know God. Today it's simple. All you got to do is put your trust in what Jesus did for you to put you in right standing with God. The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, that you're saying, Jesus, I receive everything you did for me to make me a friend of God. Jesus provided a seat at the table for you. And when you place your trust in Jesus, that relationship can come to life. I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat this after me today. Say this, especially if you're making this decision, mean this with all of your heart, say this, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. I believe that you lived for me and that you died for me and that God raised you to life for me. Today, I receive salvation. I thank you that my life will never be the same again. Today, I call you my Savior. I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 